Welcome to the Dr. Dab Show. Today I have a beautiful, remarkable, special guest with me, Doe Jones. All it takes is one listen to know there's something uniquely special about Doe. Between the purity of her vocals, intuitive lyrics, and soul-captivating sound, the singer-songwriter-musician born Dominic Jones is poised to usher in a new era of gospel inspirational music that transcends traditional perceptions. Music fans first heard Doe's multifaceted talent in October of 2020 with the release of her debut single, Brighter. The ebullient hit track was a lead-off to her self-titled EP released through gospel star Jonathan McReynolds' Life Room label in partnership with RCA Inspiration. Doe then welcomed everyone into her fearless world with clarity. Her debut full-length album released on February 18th, 2022, which is comprised of 11 tracks, including Clarity and When I Pray. Doe says, in listening to that song, I came to the understanding that it sums up the message of the entire album. The empowering honesty imparted in Clarity is the unapologetic thorough line Doe weaves within each song as she shares her own relatable joys and vulnerabilities while claiming hope and perseverance in a world still being rocked by the pandemic, racial unrest, and other social issues. Doe wraps up a year of Clarity with three Spanish singles, a five-city night of Clarity tour, and three solo Grammy Award nominations for Best Gospel Album, Best Contemporary Gospel Music, and Best Gospel Performance Song. Welcome, Hi. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. And congratulations, first of all, on your Grammy nominations. You so that is spectacular. You are so amazing because you're just new Thank on the scene and you've already accomplished so much. Thank you so much. Well, we're really excited and thankful for these nominations and they surprised us. And um, so... I think my team is proud and that's all I could ask for. And your fans. <laughs> We're all proud. super proud. Yeah. yeah. You, and you know, it's cool. They're still congratulating me, even though we didn't win. And that just made it easier to like process the moment was, mm -hmm. was realizing this is still a, a congratulations. We're, we're still... You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I just have to be real and say that I needed that and I'm, I'm thankful for them. Yeah. You know what? You're right because... It's like you get so focused on that. But the thing is, we who listen to your music, we can see like this is the the beginning. Like mm -hmm. there's so much coming mm -hmm. that, you know, it's like we're congratulating you now, but it's like we've already seen that you've won, if that Thank makes you. sense. That means a lot. Thanks. Welcome. So you have been in a family of music growing uh -huh. up. Mm -hmm. Can you just tell us a little bit about how old were you when you started songwriting? <laughs> oh, um, I was really young when I started songwriting because it was, I didn't have the language for this part right now, but it helped me process life and mm -hmm. like understand life. And I would get songs in dreams and I would write about my cousins and I would mad, was mad at them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I was that kid. Uh -huh. So I grew up around songwriters and then I started writing about the Lord and, and that was very fun. And just realizing like what it could do for a corporate worship setting, mm -hmm. having a song that was written from a house uh, with a congregation that has walked through things together, believed through things together. And I just love that. So, you know, and now I just write 
whatever I need to write from my life's perspective or for congregational settings. It's just whatever needs to come out of me with a melody, I try to make room for it. So in doing this, when you're writing as a kid and you're just expressing yourself, did you always see yourself as a performing artist? No. You know what? Actually, when I was 12, I was at this church camp meeting under a tent Mm -hmm. and the pastor preached on pride. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I don't even know how I understood what he was saying, but that began my journey and wrestle with pride because you wrestle with it all throughout your life. You don't lay it down one time and then move on and be Mrs. Humble, you know, which is what I thought it was going to be like, you know, but that was my first time realizing I need to, I need to let go of all of my plans and surrender to Jesus. And, and if, if, because before that moment, it was like, God, if you don't make me a famous singer, then I'm going to go on American Idol and I'm going to do this and that. Cause that's when that was getting big. Yeah. And, um, and I laid that down and I remember every year the shows would come around and there were more and more shows and people would be like, why won't you do this? And I just knew it wasn't my path. Mm-hmm. I think I tried out for one show maybe like three years ago, but growing up, it wasn't, I didn't feel released to do something like that, you know? So anyway. And even at 12, you were able to have those thoughts at that age. Yeah. And now I look back and I'm like, that was the Holy Spirit oh, yeah. because a 12-year-old <laughs> is not thinking that way, uh-huh. you know? So I'm really thankful um, because this industry is not easy. You know, it's not for the faint of heart. And I don't think I was ready for it at that age. Oh, no. Yeah. You weren't. But you mentioned that your parents allowed you to listen to different kinds of music, mm-hmm. right? Do you think that those different genres influenced your style? Because your style, yes, it's it's Christian music, but in a way, it's something that's so easy listening that mm-hmm. someone who maybe isn't paying a lot of attention may not be able to even pick up on that right away. It's not like a bunch of clapping and, yeah, you know, like yeah. a, the typical gospel yeah. music. You know, they let us listen to every different style of Christian music. Oh, I see. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I okay. heard Mariah Carey uh, on the bus and would change the lyrics from You'll Always Be My Baby to You'll Always Be My Savior. <laughs> so I could sing it around the house, <laughs> me and my sister. So, um, but then we kind of, you know, got older and, and, you know, we, there are songs, there are genres that you just can't escape because the music gets big and you're, don't go chasing waterfalls, you know? And, um, so I think all of those different genres did affect, like, I remember my first time seeing India on Oprah. Mm -hmm. I feel like everybody remembers that moment. Mm -hmm. If you're an India fan, Mm -hmm. you remember that moment because it catapulted her Mm -hmm. and just being glued to the television and seeing this woman sing and play the guitar was just like really beautiful. That didn't even spark my interest for guitar. I just loved her voice. My sister sparked my interest for guitar. Oh, how so? She played. Okay. She got interested in it. And then I I got interested in it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's how that happened. You know how I came across your music? When I was younger, I wasn't allowed to listen to anything like secular music, mm-hmm. but I had one of those talk girl things. It was like a little like recorder and I used to record music off of my 
radio that was supposed to be used as an alarm clock. And my cousin came over. He's like a brother to me. And he brought like all these CDs of like DMX and all these like hardcore gangster rappers. He's (laughs) like, you can record all of this. And so I did. And I was listening to that kind of music as a kid. Mm -hmm. And as I grew up, I'm like, this kind of music doesn't reflect me. And so I started listening to people like NDRE, Janae Aiko. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, this feels more like me. Mm -hmm. But when I got born again, I didn't, it was very difficult for me to listen to like mainstream music. I just really couldn't. And that same cousin also got saved. And he's like, you know, I have someone I want you to check out. And he brought me your track when I pray. And I'm like, (laughs) this is it. Like, this is what I've been looking for. It's that same like peaceful, elegant, beautiful music. Thank you. And oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And I know you get compared to India often. Honestly, it depends on whoever most reminds me of them. Mm-hmm. They say, oh, he used to remind me of this person. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll take India for sure. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, she's her tone. Too. You know, a lot of us grew up listening to her tone and mimicking that. And, and the guitar. I think that's yeah, that's and the guitar. Yeah. 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 When you write your songs, is there a process that you go through like to get yourself in that mode? Because sometimes, you know, especially those who sing music for God sometimes mm-hmm. get caught up in the performance aspect or the music aspect and you lose the actual worship aspect mm-hmm. but we can feel the worship in your music mm-hmm. you can yes, feel so. the holy spirit in your music it it, a lot. it's not just singing mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so is there a process that you go through in order to channel that so that you are really pulling from your spirit um i think i think because i have a relationship with jesus mm-hmm. i don't have to get in to a mode to pull from my spirit because my my spirit man is in connection with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So he has access to me to download a song anytime he wants to. Okay. And there may be a moment where I'm um, living life and I rub shoulders with a tough situation. My relationship with him and how he helps me walk through that is how I'm going to process that s- story in a song. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's just, and there are moments where I'm in this, you know, in my prayer closet and singing to the Lord and and I sing something that's like, oh, this is catchy. This Mm -hmm. is not just a secret place song. Um, There are moments like that. When I pray actually was a, you know, we were praying and just spending time with the Lord, me and DeWitt. And um, yeah, yeah, and and he put a track on and the Lord just like downloaded a song. But I didn't go in there. Um, We were just praying. And then you put a track on, you know. And then sometimes I go in there for a song and I don't get one. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like (laughs) the the cycle of life Mm -hmm. and you living that in partnership with the Holy Spirit is what produces the the product. And for you, that's this product, right? Yes. And he's all up in this because he's all up in your face all the time. He's all up in your life. So everybody can feel the evidence of his presence there. You don't just come to him for, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm no, saying? No. And so that's kind of songwriting for me. That's yeah. so beautiful. In that song that you were mentioning, When I Pray, mm-hmm. you talk about, you say in the song, it's not in your nature to turn away when mm-hmm. the humble pray, right? Mm-hmm. So how did you get to learn God's nature? Because that is so important, I believe, yeah. for 
those who want to build that relationship with God is to know who he actually is, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I'm still learning his nature. I could preach to someone till my face is blue that God won't turn away from you if you approach him humbly. Mm -hmm. But I struggle to grasp that message for myself sometimes. And so sometimes when I'm preaching in a song, I'm preaching to myself. But then I realize there's someone who didn't grow up in church who can't say it right. And they have no pride in their heart. But maybe their language is off. Mm -hmm. I need them to know that they can come to him. And that when they speak, he hears them. And he draws near and he draws closer to them than he would someone who can say it right and their language is right. But their heart is full of pride. Their heart is full of racism. Their heart is full of uh, just offense. And they're just like, I refuse. I don't want to. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The, The people who draw near to God humbly, like, He's like, yeah, I can I can work with this. Can you explain when you talk about pride for someone who really has no idea what that means? Because there's so many different aspects of pride. Mm-hmm. When you say pride, what do you mean by that? I think pride can be a number of things, but I'm going to say it is your refusal to um, acknowledge him and to acknowledge his heart. And, and when he asks you to lay something down, it's like your refusal to see it. It's like you choosing to stay mm-hmm. blind when you know the truth is very near and close. And I think people who are close to the truth and say, okay, I'm willing to look stupid to say that you're real and to say that I need you, mm-hmm. to say that I'm wrong, to forgive, um, to say that I'm broken, to say that I'm needy all day long. Um, they will always be able to touch God. You know what? My friend, I just wrote with a friend of mine, he was telling me that there's this statue that was uh, just inaugurated in Norway. He would know something like that. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) And he was saying that the artist built the statue of Jesus, but he built it underwater as if to say, if you really want to see Jesus, you have to go low. Wow. And no matter how low you go, he's lower still. And humility is such a huge huge aspect of salvation really and continually being saved like the scripture says Mm -hmm. like it's just this process of going lower and lower and lower you know and that's how you get higher too you know it sounds weird right it's this upside down thing but Anyway, everything is opposite in the kingdom, pretty much. It is. And I, my one of my friends calls it it's the upside down kingdom, uh-huh. and that's how you know God's way. That's so beautiful. You used to be a youth pastor. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> was that something that you wanted to do, or was that something that you felt like God was pushing through, or your yeah. family, or how did you get into doing that? Yeah, I was in youth ministry for like twelve years, and then um, the youth at my church went through a tough time. Mm-hmm. And uh, just actually just a a lot of transition, really. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting with my pastor and telling him, I feel called to lead and I don't know what, in what aspect. But I feel like, um, I I was telling him, I feel like I've been afraid to drive and to to be in leadership positions because I'm afraid of what that looks like. But God had put a yes in my spirit. And he was like, I want you to take over our youth. Mm -hmm. If it's three months, that's fine. If it's a year, it's fine. You know, pastors, if it's six months, it was 10 years. <laughs> right. So it's supposed to be three, min- three months interim. Okay. And it turned into a year. Uh-huh. And um, and it was very um, hard for me just because I didn't know what I was doing and I was learning experience. But um, it was it shaped me. Mm-hmm. It made me. 
in a lot of ways. And um, and I'm thankful for that year of being a youth pastor and finding out just what was in me. And I love that age group. You love children, don't you? I can't say that. But you have them in your videos all the time. Like I always see, I'm like, this woman I loves do. children. I do. I'd be having fun. The only reason I can't <laughs> say that is because after a while, my social media goes, Yum. Oh. And I send them back to their parents. <laughs> but like my nieces and nephews are like my favorite people on mm-hmm. planet Earth. But like high school age, there's something about when they grab a hold of the gospel mm-hmm. and how unapologetically radical they become that challenges someone who's been saved all their life. And they're, we're calm about it. And we're like, you know, mm-hmm. and you do find this, this uh, groove with your walk with the Lord. But there's something refreshing about being around kids and then like coming in contact with the gospel that's really special. You're right. I used to work for 10 years as a psychologist and I worked with high school nice. children. I love that. Yeah, it was it was wonderful. But that was one of the things that was the most difficult for me was because I worked in a school, I couldn't share the gospel with them in that Man. way. Yeah. I mean, I could, yeah, but oh, I couldn't right. do it in the way I you wanted to. You had to be it in a way that, Yeah. Exactly. I told, so I was at a Christian school. Mm-hmm. So lucky me. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah, yeah that was really the easy nice. part. <laughs> <laughs> well, you grew up with your family singing together mm-hmm. in your family band. Right? Mm-hmm. And then you branched off and became mm-hmm. a solo artist. Yeah. How was that process for you? Was it challenging? Um, they were very that? angry when I left. Were they? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was looking at my, my brother's face. <laughs> I want to see if they was listening. <laughs> no, they were like, they were so supportive. And these two guys on the couch were just like, we have all been waiting on you. And even when I went and told my pastor, hey, I'm going to go do what's in my heart because I feel like I'm supposed to. That was verbatim his response. We've all been waiting on you. Wow. Do what's in your heart. And that made me feel like I didn't leave. That made me feel like I was sent. And I remember doing a, um, one of the interviews for the album coming out mm-hmm. and realizing how big of a deal that was and like mm-hmm. how not a lot of people can say they were sent out. That's and funny. I just busted out into tears. So I was like, dang, like God really, God really took care of me, you know, and sent me and just, it was really special. He sent you before you were even born. You know what I'm saying? I just, <laughs> like, thanks, God. You know. They were preparing you, but now being in Hollywood, how has that been navigating it, especially as someone who's a child of God? You know, Hollywood can sometimes be a little nerve wracking. I remember you mentioning that you felt that at your age that maybe it may be difficult to start a career, but of course, God made a way anyway. But was that something that you struggled with getting into Hollywood or dealing with the things that Hollywood, you know, just yeah. kind of invites? Or is yeah. that something you felt confident doing? At first, I felt not so confident. Now I don't care. Mm-hmm. If I don't have makeup on, I look like I'm 16 sometimes. <laughs> Which is good. We were, thank you, Lord. <laughs> we were doing my dress fitting the other night and the, the hair stylist came over mm-hmm. and <laughs> he didn't know how old I was. So when we got to another room to do my hair, he was like, hey, how old are you? Because he felt like my dress was too grown. He oh. thought I was 16. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was just a really funny moment. Right. So. I'm not, and that's actually not even where my confidence is planned. I just feel like no one even really cares anymore, too. What do you mean? So first off, I'm doing this for the Lord, mm-hmm. and it's an assignment. So I got to do it no matter how old I am. And the the fact that I started late by the industry standards mm-hmm. forced me to let go of um, needing their affirmation in that way. 
I had to like lay all of that down while I was waiting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, that's true. Yeah, not that I don't struggle with wanting to, you know, like I it was hard to not win, but that part right there I had to let go of anyway while I was waiting. Then by the world standards, right? If we're just speaking practically, like so much about people's expectation of what you should be is being obliterated right now. Nobody really cares about age. They're having so many conversations about all the other avenues, right? Mm-hmm. And be what you want. And, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm not I'm not saying I agree with all of that, mm-hmm. but it it does level the playing field for everybody to just like, I'm 34 and I'm going to, you know, or I'm 30 and I'm going to start my music career at 30 years old. You know, nobody cares anymore. That's not even like the conversation. I'm not saying that towards you, but mm-hmm. to all the people who might still feel that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody cares anymore <laughs> just do what you feel called to do and I think that this is the space where you can really just run full force with all your might and no one's gonna look at you and say you don't belong you know everybody's gonna be cheering you on and you can preach the gospel and, and be all of who you're called to be I think even more so we talk about Hollywood mm-hmm. you know Yes, there are. There is a strong message and agenda, maybe against Christianity sometimes, but also a lot of people are very spiritual, mm-hmm. so they're open to you talking about spiritual things. And so I feel oftentimes, if I'm having a conversation with someone, they might be open to hearing about the Holy Spirit, or or they may be open to you saying, "Hey, I feel like God wants me to share this with you," mm-hmm. and they may walk away and say, "Oh." The universe just did it, did it, did it, did Right. But that was one step in the direction of finding Jesus because right. you said, God, Jesus wants me to share this with you. And it was right on. It was just what they needed to hear. Right. And they're just open to it because everybody's just doing everything right now. <laughs> it's you true. know? But it's a seed planet. Exactly. So I'm like, Christians, arise. <laughs> Go in love and, and give people what you feel God's telling you to give them. That is that is so beautiful. Yeah, that definitely does make sense. I mm-hmm. remember watching basketball. My husband's like a big LeBron James fan, and nice. he's a lot older than I think anyone that's played basketball at his age, yeah. like still doing what he's doing. It's crazy. And it's like the opposite. Instead of people looking down on you, they're actually praising you because it yeah. is unusual and it mm-hmm. is something that does mean that, okay, you really truly are right. the real thing. Right. There aren't any rules anymore. Look <laughs> right. at him. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. And talking about this, now that you're singing and, you know, you have your relationship with God, you're doing Christian music, do you feel that you can only sing about God or open to singing about other things, but in a way that brings God's light into it? Because the Bible talks about everything from A to Z, right? So it's like we have the instructions as believers on how to live life in a way that pleases God, Mm -hmm. which can be transmitted through your music. Yeah. Do you feel like you have to only talk about like God specifically? Yeah. So I think as an artist who is a Christian, Mm -hmm. you do have to read the room, right? Mm -hmm. There are conversations that I won't have at a table full of people that I don't know. However, I will sing about whatever God is willing to talk with me about. Okay. And walk with me through, right? And that is my whole life. I don't feel the need to be relevant. I just feel the need to tell the truth. And, you know, I remember like 
There's this song out called Reach that is so obviously a worship song to the Lord. I didn't even realize that I don't say the name Jesus in the song. Mm -hmm. I remember saying a comment like, oh, this isn't a Christian song. She doesn't say God. But like, if I'm sitting talking to my best friend, I'm not saying her name 20 times in the conversation. I may not say her name at all, mm-hmm. you know? And that's me and the Lord. Like, I've, I've been writing songs to him for a very long time and I'm not saying his name all the time. That doesn't mean I'm not talking to him, you know? And I don't purposefully keep his name out of a song because I want to be relevant. <laughs> um, right. I just give room for a song to be birthed. And then I, I give it the legs and the wings so that it can live and have a long lifespan, you know, or we do, whoever I'm writing with. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if God, you know, wants to have a conversation with me about my love life, I'm going to sing about that. Because there are some things that I learned. Mm-hmm. If I mean, if we're referring to my album, like, Hey You, yes. where I'm sucked at communication. Yeah. Were you talking to your? You were talking to yourself in that song. No, You're I was talking to the. I was talking. I was talking to a guy. To a guy. I wrote He's a re- letter to a guy. Okay. <laughs> and I left the second verse open, and I said, "Write me back," because it was a relationship that deteriorated mm-hmm. because of this back and forth thing, mm-hmm. and we were not. We were too dumb to just like have a conversation oh, okay. about where we were at in our lives, and then there was no friendship, and I missed my friend. So years ago, I'm by, so I wrote a song. I wrote a letter to him in a song, and I left the second verse open. And I had processed through so much, I didn't realize it was going to shock him. Okay. So he was not able to write me back. And that's like a funny part in the <laughs> in my shows. I'm like, yeah, it was a good idea if he would have wrote me uh-huh. back, but he didn't. You know, and um, and so in the studio, mm-hmm. my brothers were there, Jonathan was there, mm-hmm. little man. I was like, guys, how do men feel? in these moments where they're not communicating. I had the lyric, I still get butterflies internalizing you. Mm-hmm. And and then as we mm-hmm. talked, you know, the second verse came from a, a male perspective. Right. So when I sing that song at the end, I ad lib and I tell the ask them, can I can I sing this over you? And I say, don't lose the ones you love because of poor communication. Mm-hmm. Don't blame it on your personality. Show up and grow up. You need to learn communication. Mm-hmm. How will the pe- how will people know the church by their love mm-hmm. if we don't learn communication? It's really an all around message. It is a love song, but it speaks to everyone. You know, I, I a friend told me like Christians can speak in tongues really well, but they mean to each other in it, English. And ain't that the truth? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's just like it's true. I'll sing about anything God's willing to have a conversation with me about, and He'll talk to me about everything. And that's powerful. And sometimes when you do have that real connection with God and it's so deep, you're able to speak in a way where you don't have to say Jesus a thousand times. You know what I mean? And I think for people who don't, who aren't there spiritually or they're not there in terms of having the relationship with God, they don't get that. Right. You know, they they don't they don't understand. Yeah. They need it to be like oblivious for them to trust whatever they're listening to, which right. a lot of times also leads them astray because mm-hmm. they're not getting it, mm-hmm. right? And you have a, a really close relationship with God and, and with the Holy Spirit. How is it that you commune with the Holy Spirit throughout the day? Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure when you pray, you're not just praying like at one point during your day, you pray throughout the day or in different ways, but yeah. God is intertwined all through your life. How can a person invite God into their lives where they're communing with Him throughout all the day? day? Mm-hmm. I have had to learn to do that because there there are days where it is from oh, the wee hours of the morning until 
very, 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 very late at night. You know, where you're praying? No, oh. I'm working. Oh, when you're working. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in this moment though right now to where I'm like, I won't survive if I don't get my time in, you know, um, because there's just a lot surrounding what I do at this point in my life. However, um, I cannot be that person that is like, if I don't get two hours, if I don't get this, then I'm not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's going to be mad at me. And I, you know what I mean? That whole thing. Right. And that's why I, I pray throughout the day. So I might just be, you know, praying in the spirit on the plane. Mm-hmm. Take, take, take a moment. You know, that's a good time to pray actually is on the plane. The engine's so loud. Can't nobody hear what you're really saying, you know, just talk to God. Put my earphones in and um, play some some music. There's so much music out there that'll help you pray oh, yeah. and get in that headspace, no matter where you are. In the in the lounge, um, you might be at work. My friend does candles at work, and she makes perfumes, and she'll put her headphones in and um, just be in prayer while she's silently doing her, you know, her thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I try not to be. I don't want to to talk to God right before I go on stage only. You know, like, okay, right. please show up now. I hope you are there when I get there. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I just be talking to him about stuff, you know. I, I might have a moment where my life is stressed and I react to someone and my heart was in the wrong place and I get angry with someone at the airport mm-hmm. and I walk away. And because the Holy Spirit's in my life, I feel convicted. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a conversation with him about that and and forgive them immediately. You know, because the enemy tries to get me offended by the time I land to wherever I'm ministering at. So traveling is uh-huh. wrestling sometimes for me. Okay. Because his assignment is, I want to make sure that by the time your foot steps on land mm-hmm. in the territory that God's sending you, you're distracted and offended and mad at people that you'll never see again. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> um, so I have to make a decision of constantly. That's a part of my day-to-day relationship with the Holy Spirit is mm-hmm. saying, I forgive them, Lord. Mm-hmm. God, I thank you for this life. I thank you that you've given me this opportunity to minister to people. I'm so grateful. God, help me to be grateful. God, I'm really angry right now. Mm-hmm. And why didn't you step in in that moment? Why didn't you do this? I need you to, to give me peace if you're not going to give me an answer. Just mm, talking like to that. him. I like that. From a real place, mm-hmm. you know. I um, really like that. All day. Because a lot of times we we do get angry with God and we feel like we can't say that because we will offend him. Right. But then we harbor that anger within us and that can push us further and further away if things keep happening that we don't see, you know, the reason as to why it's happening. And Mm -hmm. so that is powerful that you're able to really commune with God in all aspects. Yeah. I think I have to use my words with God. Otherwise, I'll communicate with my actions and my actions will be gradual distance from him. So you need to use your words and and talk mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you will subconsciously do to him what you do to people when you're when you're upset, upset with them or if you feel ashamed, right? You know, that's true. And the next thing you know, you feel like, where is God? I can't hear him. I can't feel him. And he's like, you left. <laughs> I've been right here the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> you distanced yourself. Yeah. Let's talk about that thing mm-hmm. that you're angry about. And it'll be more difficult for you to show up and to mm-hmm. perform the way you want to and to sure. sing from your spirit and all of that if you're so distracted and you're you're angry and all of that. So mm-hmm. it's good that you have a a routine and just like a system that works for you. I know some people, some artists or some 
evangelists and teachers, they'll say when they're traveling, they don't even speak with anyone. Like they'll make sure their team is quiet the entire time. Like they don't mm-hmm. want to talk to anyone. Mm-hmm. They don't want to even risk the enemy pulling them into something, but you can't, you can't control that. No. And I, you know, not that they don't love people, but I feel like a part of relationship with God is community as well. Mm-hmm. Did you remember that song? The Jesus in you. Loves a Jesus in me. You're easy, easy to love. Mm-hmm. You know, a part of healing and knowing Jesus is knowing the body and being mm-hmm. in community. I need interaction. I'm an introvert. Sometimes I can pride myself in being able to survive alone for a long time, mm-hmm. but I actually can't. And I learned that in 2020. So I'm like, <laughs> I have to keep interacting with people. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, my last interaction may be my definition of the world and how bad they are. Mm. My last interaction with the flight attendant might be bad. So I have to keep interacting and loving people so that my definition of people in the world um, continues to grow and evolve and, and God can continue to show me how beautiful people are and what he's doing in people's lives and why I'm here, you know. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying they don't do that. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I need that. It's important to remember because you yeah. can be removed from that as time goes on. And, you know, people, it, it can happen. I think we all need that reminder to be grounded. In one of your songs, you were talking about how you want that fire back in you. Like you want to go back to the place where you were when you first mm-hmm. met God and be, you know, just passionate about everything that mm-hmm. God brought to you. Was there a time in your life where you felt like that, where you felt like you weren't connecting with God the way that you once were? And how did you get back into that place? Because a lot of people struggle with that. Sure. I felt that way during that song. Mm. Um, Even as much as I am praying in this season of my life, there's a part of me that I miss that I had when I was a kid. And I don't know if I grew out of it, Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm just in a different place in a different season because sometimes that's just uncomfortable and then you grow it. You're like, okay, I, I know where I'm at now, you know? Right. Um, or if that's something God is going to reignite in me. And I'm just being real for the people listening because the people who, maybe they sing and, and God uses them and you feel the anointing or and you got healed in the service and when they, da-da-da-da-da, mm-hmm. they are just like you and they're working they're working through their relationship, you know, with God and rekindling stuff maybe or um, whatever, you know, they're in the process. And so I felt that way when I wrote that song. In some ways, I feel like I'm reaching, but I'm, I'm not connecting. You know what I mean? And I could just be in this wilderness moment, you know, and you don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I have to trust that God is near. And what I would say to that person is keep this is so cliche, but forward motion has to be inevitable in your life. You have to say, no matter what, I'm moving forward. I'm going to be on my knees talking to Jesus again. You know, even if I feel like, oh, this is a routine. That's a beautiful routine to have to appear before the Lord and to continue to seek Him when you don't feel like you're connecting. And even if you feel like you've fallen away from some things, you know, ask God. Maybe your rhythm of life changed. Maybe you had kids. Like I be hearing moms talk about, I can't, I can't do it like I used to. You know, I can't uh, spend time like I used to. Mm-hmm. God understands that. Mm-hmm. Just say, 
what is my new rhythm with you in this moment in my life? Can you help me formulate that? Give me strategy so that I can have the depth that I long for uh, with you mm-hmm. and know what that feels like. That person is me. <laughs> yeah, I, me. I am that person. I am that person, yes. <laughs> yeah. And I, I did have a baby and Congrats. Uh, recently, thank yeah. you. But that's what happened. I felt like someone once said, like, it's like sparking like a lighter. It's not, the fire is not coming on. You're sparking, you're sparking, mm-hmm. but the fire is not coming on. Mm-hmm. And I felt like God was, again, telling me, like, the relationship is different now because you're so much busy. You don't have time to do what you used to do. Mm-hmm. But when you're washing his bottles, when you're yeah. getting his bath ready, when you're doing these things, you can pray during those times. And then when you do have some time, of course, I want to, I desire to meet with yeah. you. But also, too, I think that, like you were saying, sometimes you're like, is this a wilderness season or what's going on? I feel like God was also telling me that, you know, when you were first saved or when we first connected in that way, you needed more. Mm. You needed me to be Mm. in a certain, like, presence Mm. in your life because of how broken you are, because Mm. of what Mm. you were going through. Mm. You're in a different place now. Mm. You know, Mm. I'm still here, but... I manifest myself in different ways yeah, in different seasons to show you different sides of me. Because, yeah. You know. And to teach you to lean in a different way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so God and and every minister has been in that place to where they maybe they didn't pray as much as they needed to before they ministered. And they're just like, <laughs> and then God just like obliterates the whole service and does whatever he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, that. That definitely was all you. And he's like, it's been all me. <laughs> I know you thought you had it together the last time, but it's always been all me. That's true. You know, and we all need those reminders. You're right. Like, it's been all him. That's <laughs> you know true. I mean? You're right. Yeah. That's, so. Sometimes that's even pride, like you're saying. It is. Like, we don't even know we got it. Right. We don't even know we have pride. <laughs> you know, but like you said, he manifests himself in so many different ways to mm-hmm. reveal himself to us. And to show even, to put the mirror in front of ourselves and to say like, you know, you need me. I'm here and and I'm going to show you how to lean on me in different seasons. I'm not going to let you down. You're still going to have moments where you feel me very strongly. Mm-hmm. You're going to have moments where you don't, you know, but you're going to learn to, you're going to learn to seek in a different way. You're going to learn me in a different aspect, in a different way. And, and that's important in relationships. It is. And it's gross because it's like if you always have to feel him, then you're missing the point. Yeah. You're missing the point. You're missing the point. (laughs) I would love that, God. (laughs) So you talk a lot about authenticity in your music and Mm -hmm. just about making sure that you show up as you and not worried about what everyone thinks. Everyone says, how do you stay authentic to yourself? Or how can a person who's struggling with really knowing who they are because living in this world, people are putting things on you all the time that sometimes you don't even know who you are once everyone's opinions and trends and thoughts are taken off of you. Mm -hmm. How do you make sure that you stay authentic to to you? Yeah. Um, That for me is an everyday thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Every day, you know, because sometimes you don't know how or when a part of you died that you needed, mm. but you laid it down to survive. And I just had a moment, a really healing moment, maybe two weeks ago, where God, I'm going to use imagery right here, mm-hmm. where God showed me where I buried the body. 
and said, it's time for resurrection of this part of you that you buried to survive in this season of your life. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And that's been years since that happened. But he carried the weight uh, up until that point mm-hmm. and made sure I was able to get to where I needed to go. But he also answered this prayer of, where is that Where is that part of me that I, you know what I'm saying? I do. I do. Because yeah. you know who you used to be. Yeah. And, you, and you're like, well, how come I can't bring that out anymore? Yes. Yeah. And so sometimes it is this deep, spiritual moment of, of you saying, God, I need you to help. show me where I buried myself. Show me where I've, I've laid that down to survive, you know? And then sometimes it's a gradual thing where you just kind of come back to yourself because mm-hmm. you're, like you said, motherhood. Mm-hmm. So you have been added to and you've had, and a part of you has had to die as well <sighs> yeah. in motherhood, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, maybe there will be things that come back as the baby is grows and maybe then they're able to kind of take care of themselves or however many kids you have, whatever the story. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. (laughs) You just never know, you know, but I would encourage you and I'm probably just repeating myself as you walk through life with the Holy spirit, Mm -hmm. ask those questions, ask him to, if you feel like you did, um, lay a part of yourself down that you needed. Mm-hmm. Just be like, hey, can you show me where, <laughs> where t- take me back to that memory and resurrect that person, you know, and help me, you know, find that part of myself again. He'll do it. He will. He will. And he always does. He's, he's a good God, especially if it's a need. If you need that, mm-hmm. he gonna do it. Mm-hmm. That's true. It is all for his glory. You, you're right. And when you say that, God can resurrect a certain part of you, Mm -hmm. that resurrection power through Jesus. Yes. And on my channel, I talk a lot about femininity because as women, especially women of color, Black women who grew up in rough neighborhoods or who had to suffer abuse and things of that nature where they lost their femininity, they Mm -hmm. lost the softness, Mm -hmm. they lost the kindness, they Mm -hmm. lost taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. And they had to put on this like, shell of being hardcore and intimidating, all of that so they didn't get taken advantage of. Right. And now they're rediscovering that through through Christ. It's, mm-hmm. it's a powerful thing that a lot of people didn't realize that they lost yeah. somewhere. Yeah. And it's very painful to know that there's a part of them that was buried and they couldn't find the body. They had yeah. no idea where they buried it. Yeah. You yeah. Know? But Jesus yeah. is the one that can locate that for you and bring yeah. you back to life. He cares about your femininity. Mm-hmm. He cares about you as a woman. Yes. And he still wants you to lead. I'm still in rooms with a lot of men all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still, you know, my band, they're they're all dudes. I, you know, I love female musicians. I'm a musician, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm still in moments where I have to to lead in those spaces. Um, but I don't have to let go of who I am to be that leader. Yeah. You know, and um, and God can show me how to communicate with every different, uh, with every each gender, with men and women, mm-hmm. um, and still feel feminine and, and womanly, but but be strong. And I always looked up to really strong women mm-hmm. and men, you know. And God always put that dream in my heart, like, hey, you can do this too. Mm-hmm. Like when you talk about guitar, and this is why. This is why this. 
this is actually the person who encouraged me to play guitar or really fed that desire in me. It was Israel Houghton. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Just watching him lead worship and play uh-huh. guitar, that spoke to me. I was like, oh, I can do this, you know? And I never tripped over the fact that he was a guy. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can do all the runs that he can do. I want to learn how he leads um, with the same intensity. And then I still loved Mary Mary, you know? And, you know, so I think like, you know, when the scripture says in in Christ Jesus and in the kingdom, there is neither male nor female, Jew nor Gentile. That's right. He's, you know, he's talking about us in the spirit. In the spirit, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but even still as a, in my flesh as a woman, I can, mm-hmm. I, my spirit man can be strong in a woman's body. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And lead in, from a woman's body. That's right. You know, and I don't have to give anything up to gain ground either. Mm-hmm. That's also a stance that I decided to make, you know, mm-hmm. because I can, I'm going to draw on the Holy Spirit's power and not this, the power of this. <laughs> I know there's power there. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. for somebody. Right. One person. You know what I'm right. saying? Um, but I had to make that decision. You know? <laughs> really? Yeah. Because yeah. you 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 see the opportunities when mm-hmm. if we're real about the industry, you see those opportunities. But I'm not doing that. Cause you lose your dignity in that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then you gotta keep that up. I don't got the energy for all that. <laughs> No, I love God. That's of course, really of love. course. But he will do it. It's his plan. He'll do it. Glory. He'll yeah. he'll do it. He, you don't need to depend on rely on your own self. Your own strength. Your own strength. He's got you. Well, I have some questions for you, though. Okay. Some rapid fire questions. Oh shoot! You don't have to answer them super fast, but whatever comes to your mind, <laughs> you're up for the challenge. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> okay. Your favorite hairstyle on yourself? My fro. I love your fro. Even though I do braids, but but this is what they were saying. They're like, you are building a brand. Okay. Like even with my hair like this, mm-hmm. I walked up to Kirk, Kirk uh-huh. Franklin. Uh-huh. He didn't know. He didn't recognize you. I was like, hey. <laughs> he goes, oh. But I had seen him three times that night. Oh. And I was like, oh, he doesn't know. The this. hair threw yeah. him off. Yeah. That's so funny. So um, they were like, you need to pick a hairstyle and stick with it because I like to change my hair. Yeah. So I picked a protective style. Oh, okay. That's what you do. The, the braids? Yep. Okay. That's why I do braids. I love the fro so much. Too. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your favorite dessert? My favorite dessert would have to probably be a chocolate chip cookie warm out of the oven with a Reese's Pieces in the middle of it. Ooh, never yeah. tried that. That sounds great. I haven't either, but that's the flavor that I need for it to really hit the spot. <laughs> Peanuts, chocolate, cookie dough. At least you know what you want. I know what I want. Maybe some ice cream sometimes. There you go. (laughs) Your favorite vacation spot? Um, If I had all the money in the world, Mm -hmm. Singapore. I would Mm -hmm. go to Singapore. So beautiful. Yes. Your favorite color to wear? So pretty. (laughs) It looks really good on you. Thank you. I love olive green. Yeah. It's perfect with like your natural essence. Thank you. (laughs) Your favorite nail polish color? Um, I found a green color the other day and I uh-huh. couldn't find it before I came here. So I got this. This is nice. really pretty. Yeah, this like is a really pretty. Petal pink. Yeah. That's beautiful. But it was like a um it was like a uh, mint green. It was really pretty. Mm. Yeah. That's pretty. Your favorite movie? Pride and Prejudice. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Taking it back. Yeah. <laughs> Nightly. This might be hard, but your favorite song on your last album? Oh, I try. Oh, okay. Yeah. Your favorite woman in the Bible? 
Deborah, because I didn't have a name for 11 days okay. and my parents were going to name me Deborah. Really? For 11 days? They were really thinking about that. Yeah. They're waiting to hear from God. I guess. <laughs> they didn't go with the prophetess's name. Yeah. Deborah. Okay. And by the way, my favorite song on your last album was What I'm Waiting For. Oh, thank I you. I love that song so much. So powerful. Thank you. Your favorite scripture for this year, like the one that you're really embodying for this season or this season in your life. Yeah, it would probably be Psalm 16, the, the whole chapter. The whole chapter. Mm-hmm. Okay. What does it talk about? Um, It's just, it's a beautiful prayer. Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. It says things like, um, apart from you, I have no good thing. Mm, um, okay. You will fill me with joy in your presence and, and life at last. Something like that. I, I just love that whole the scripture. The whole thing. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. If you had to work and you couldn't keep any of your money, but all of your money had to be donated to a form of charity, not like a specific organization, but mm-hmm. like blind children or yeah. hungry children, where would your money probably all go? Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say, what would you do? What? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. What would you do? <laughs> Yo, I was going deep that, on that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> My money would go to... Um, I would want to put small homes on each block of um, in tough neighborhoods, mm. um, mainly tough black neighborhoods, and create a uh, uh, an organization that, like you know how people do missions and they leave the United States. Mm-hmm. I would want people to be missionaries to these neighborhoods, and uh, and they'd be like these mom and pop houses, and um, and they would be there to offer counseling, do after school um, tutoring, and um, and just be somebody's uncle, somebody's like father figure or whatever. And they would um, dedicate two years of their life to doing that, and then they could move on to whatever they want to do, unless they wanted to say, "God, you know, it's so beautiful." That's what I. That's what I would want to do. Well, one day Put you, education one day you into the, I know, right? Yeah, for sure. That's a beautiful, beautiful vision. Thanks. And lastly, how do you want to be remembered? Um, as a kind person who was generous and um, and loved God. Just, yeah. Kind person who was generous to, to people and loved God. That would be really nice. <laughs> I believe that's exactly how you'll be remembered with Thanks. so much more added to that. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Joe, for coming on to the show and thank just you. sharing your time with us and thank answering you. all these questions. You are deeply loved. Thank you. you are such a beautiful person. And I thank you. Your beauty and your authenticity does radiate through your music. Thank just you. so you know. Thank we you. do see you and we see God. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you so much for watching. Bye-bye.